0: What's up, kids? This is Ryan Dizier here with Megan McPeak and Kelly Rackison at Capital City Go-Go Media Day uh, here for the inaugural media day for the inaugural season. And with us right now is Chasen Randall. Chasen, how you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Excited to be here.
0: What uh, are you most excited about this season? What are some goals? What are you most looking forward to about the first season uh, at the Go-Go?
1: Well, I mean, it's the first season, so um, I'm excited to get on the court. Uh, with my teammates and um, have some fun out there. You know, we want to bring a lot of energy. We want to bring a lot of excitement to this area, um, to this organization, and um, you know, hopefully get some wins.
2: Jason, you're familiar with the G League, mm-hmm. um, gotten experience playing in it. You've also had your experience playing overseas. What can you bring from your G League G League experience here to the Capital City City Go Go? Not only just as a former player. In the league, but also to um, leaving this team and sort of giving your experience to the guys who are not familiar with it.
1: Yeah, for me, um, I think I bring a, a sense of professionalism. I've been like all over the place this past, <laughs> you know, three and a half, four years. So um, that, and then you know, competitive spirit. You know, every day, like um, I've been fortunate enough to win, you know, in Europe. I've been fortunate enough to win um, in college, and I just want to continue to bring that competitive spirit and um, you know, winning attitude every day.
0: Speaking of playing overseas, what was that like compared to playing in the G League and playing within the NBA? Are there certain differences that people may not be familiar with? yeah, yeah
1: so the style of the, the style of play is you know totally different um, at the end of the day you've got to put the ball in the hoop and you know make plays, but um, you know the the style is a little bit different um, in terms of the pace and um, just depending on where you play, um, sometimes you know the, the game is different. You have different rules as well so um, you, know, you have to adjust, and uh, but at the end of the day, it's basketball. So, I enjoy it. You know, I played, you know, overseas, and I've enjoyed playing in the G League, and um, you know, being able to extend my career—that's always been a dream of mine. So, I'm having fun.
3: You also just spent some time with Team USA. What was that like?
1: Yeah, oh man, it was a great experience. Anytime you get the chance to wear um, those three letters USA across your chest, um, you know, you're definitely grateful, and you realize that you're playing for something more than just yourself or, you know, your family, you're representing your country. So there's a great honor that comes with that and, um, you know, great responsibility as well. Um, but it was an awesome experience. I got to play with, um, you know, some great players and also be coached by, you know, the great, uh, Jeff Van Gundy. So it was awesome.
2: I want to kind of piggyback on what you just said about JVG. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows him. For you know, ripping on Mark Jackson on the broadcast of <laughs> Mike Green—is he as fun as a coach? Oh, or man. like, like take us because a lot of you know some of the listeners might not be familiar with Jeff Van Gundy mm-hmm. and his coaching style because he coached back in you know the 90s and yeah. early 2000s. Not a lot of people are familiar with him of this new generation Mm -hmm. coming up. So tell us what it's like being coach. Is he still like old JVG from back in the day, or is he kind of
3: adapted and (laughs) and moved with that? Well,
1: I mean, you know, he's phenomenal. That's, that's the first thing I could say. But um, from the past, like, I don't know exactly how he was, I wasn't there, but you know, from what he said, he's toned down a little bit, (laughs) but to me, like, you know, his intensity, um, the fire he he puts into his players, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I'm, I was grateful for um, to be able to be coached by him. And um, he definitely helped me um, the short time I was with him. And, um, you know, I think he, he's, he's just a, a great basketball mind, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, he really cares about the game. He really cares about his players and, um, you know, helping them and bettering them. So um, he's a genuine, genuine guy. And uh, I learned a lot from him and grateful that I got to uh, experience that
0: you talked about playing overseas and playing with some great players mm-hmm. obviously with spain what was it like playing with luka
1: doncic oh man luka's great man um for him to be you know where he is right now in his life um as a basketball player and to be what 19 years old is just amazing man he's um he's a a great a great kid one um great person and then he cares so much about you know uh basketball you know i i i didn't I didn't think, you know, at that age that, you know, a kid would love, you know, the game as much as he does. Like he's around it, he's um studying it. He's he's, you know, always, you know, watching basketball or, or video games, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a great kid, man. He's going to have he's going to be a great talent um to watch in this league and he's going to do great things. So.
2: For for fans listening um, who might not be familiar with you, uh, you mentioned you're a journeyman. Tell uh, tell the fans about your game. Like, what can they expect from Jason Randall?
1: Yeah, first off, uh, I'm a competitor, um, somebody who loves to win. So um, I'm I'm gonna play hard. Um, you know, I'm someone who could you know score the basketball, also play making, get people involved. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like, like it goes back to winning for me. You know, I, I like to think of myself as a winner. Um, so you're going to get a winning winning spirit with a player like me.
2: Awesome. Thank you. All right, yeah. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks a lot. Now we're joined by first season. He's a former player. He's a journeyman when it comes to playing, but he is now... He has the toughest job probably in the entire organization. The general manager of the capital city, GoGo, Pops Mensa Bonsu. Pops, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thank you for we're, me. we're just going to go hard hitting questions right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Hardest one you're probably going to answer today. How excited are you for the season?
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm overjoyed. I'm glad that this moment is here. We went through the drafts, we went through the expansion draft, we went through tryouts. Uh, went through the first day of practice. Now it's media day. We're one step closer to seeing um, tip off. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's to come. Looking forward to the rest of this, the rest of the week of training camp. And we've got some tough decisions to make with some of the talent and some of the players that we have on our roster. But I'd like to say that's a good problem to have. You know, that's that's why you know we're in this position. You know, if you want to have a good team, you know, you're going to have to be riddled with some tough decisions. So. I'm okay with that, and you know, I really feel like we're going to end up with a nice, a nice crop of players.
0: Speaking of the team, the crop of players, what do you like out of what you see so far? It's obviously a mix of some young guys and obviously some journeymen, some vets. So, what do you like the most about what you're seeing so far?
4: Diversity, diversity of talent. You know, diversity of backgrounds and and characters. You know, we have you know guys you know who've played you know many years in the NBA, like Lavoie Allen. We have guys who you know, never really played high-level professional basketball before, and you know, and having them on the roster, it, it allows us to have just to, it raises the level because you have guys who have that NBA experience, you have guys who want to get there. They're gonna play uh, if they want to make this team. They're gonna play at a higher level. So that's that's what makes it exciting. We have. Um, you know, we have shooters, we have athletes, we have guys who are pretty versatile, we have smaller players, we got you know, uh, bigger players who can go inside, they can shoot the ball. So um, in regards to our talent and in regards to the type of players that we have, they're all different in their own right and they all bring something unique to the table. And I think, like I said, every single one of these guys on this roster can make this team and it's they're going to make us better regardless of who we decide to keep.
2: When you um, look at this roster and putting it together, You've got to keep in mind that you're going to see, you know, Jordan McRae from time to time, um, Devin Robinson as well too, and then you, you know, who knows? I'm just tossing it out there for Wiz fans. How long the Dwight Howard situation goes? Maybe they send him down for a rehab stint um, with the season right around the corner. You never know. Um, don't don't quote me on that. Just putting it out there, but. How hard does it make your job keeping in mind that you might see some NBA guys coming down on assignment, but then also do you have to focus on developing your G League roster guys who are not with the NBA team?
4: It doesn't necessarily make our job harder. We took, we took a lot of that into account when we made our decisions in regards to acquiring players and in regards to the draft. We, were, we really wanted to make sure we were prepared just in case guys got called up or just in case guys were assigned to us. So, you know, we have players who have the ability to step on the floor and produce, and then we have guys who are have the high level character to be, o- be okay with stepping aside when guys do get exi- uh, assigned on development um, assignments or rehab assignments, like you said about Dwight. So, you know, we're prepared for that either way, and we've put our roster together um, just in case any of that happens, so I think we're We've pretty much covered all our bases in that regard. Now it's just time to play and time to wait and see what what does happen.
0: Speaking of (laughs) some of the guys you might have uh, back and forth, one guy, Devin Robinson, what can you talk about in regards to his athleticism? We've seen in the preseason just this year, he has the ability to jump out of the gym and then probably a little higher than that, so how does that kind of help you uh, as you're looking at this roster and just seeing what everyone brings to the table?
4: I like that jump side of the gym. Yeah, maybe a little <laughs> higher than that. He definitely is in the category of maybe a little bit higher than that. You know, at 6'9, six, 6'10 six, uh, perimeter player who has that jumping ability, you always have to, you know, give him a, a shot at the right. NBA level. And when we try to, you know, when he's down here, we just try to make sure we're going to put him in the positions to thrive. So that when he goes up to the NBA um, level with the Wizards, he's he knows how to perform and knows how to find his way. You know, he's still developing as a player, but I think with the tools that he has already, he can he can help. He can help any. Uh, you know, us. He can definitely help the Wizards. So, you know, we're just gonna try and teach him and help him build on what he's learning with the Wizards and just get him better prepared to, um, you know, to contribute wherever he is. And I'm excited to, for this season because you know I get it, We get a chance to. Be hands-on with him, with having a team pretty much in-house, and he doesn't have to travel anywhere else to get that development. So it's going to help us. It's going to help him. It's going to help this organization as a whole.
3: you, go ahead, Connie. Oh no, sorry. You mentioned you know getting them ready and developing them to go up to the NBA, and um, you also mentioned their high character. How important is it for you to mentor these guys um, and get them ready for both the NBA and next steps in their life after basketball, potentially?
4: For our staff in general. I try to make sure we try to make sure we put some former players on our staff. Um, sorry, my English accent just came out for some reason. I don't know where that <laughs> came from. I wasn't say anything. <laughs> you know, we have an Australian coach, so sometimes when I'm around him, it just forces my accent to come out. But uh, um, our staff, uh, you know, is built up of guys who have coaching experience. Um, but I definitely wanted to have some former players on our staff because they have been in the position that a lot of these guys would like to be in Um, they've they've sat in those seats before they've experienced being a professional athlete they've experienced the g league before i've experienced the g league before i've played in the nba so i felt like that's what better serves me as a gm to help these players because you know hopefully they can see that you know somebody who was once like them has been there and has their best interest at heart and really want to just give them the wisdom and the insight and, and, you know, whatever they need on and off the court to, to thrive as men and players and get to that next level.
0: Speaking of being a former player, I know uh, a couple of other former players who are now in a role similar to yours have a particular stance on analytics, just the way uh, the game is going and how analytically driven some decisions are. Do you think you have maybe a unique stance on that or how much does analytics factor into decision-making?
4: I do have a unique stance, and if I tell you it, I'd have to, you know the rest. (laughs) Um, But yeah, analytics is a piece. It's a piece to a puzzle, and uh, being players, you know, we're always skeptical about the numbers and analytics because, you know, some people feel like analytics doesn't test what you got in your emotions, doesn't test your heart, and doesn't test, you know, uh, some other things, and we really um, feel like... If you use analytics, it has to be in addition to a number of things, and that's how this team looks at it. That's how you know we intend to look at it. You know, if a guy, you know, meets the eye test, and obviously we go back to the numbers. We go the numbers meet up, then we go back to his character. And if all three add up, we've got a player.
2: When you uh, look at the G League and now 27 teams back with 27 NBA teams um, with affiliates, how difficult is it keeping in mind that you want to win? but also you have to develop guys because their dream is the NBA. But keep it in mind as well too, you also have to develop the NBA guys that are getting uh, sent back and forth. How tough is it as a GM, but also too, to reiterate, reiterate excuse me to the coaching staff and coach Christian that you want to focus on both, but what would constitute a successful season? Keeping that in mind.
5: So
4: I, I love that question because people feel like if we're just focused on development then winning doesn't count, but when players develop, what comes with it? Winning. <laughs> I always say, if we develop these players to get better as players, then we're going to win. You know, if if, if we get players that are signed and we develop them, we're going to win. If we get players that are signed, we have NBA players down here, so they put us in a better position to win too. So I always say, with development comes winning. On and off the court, we intend to develop these players in that regard. So you know, we're we're fine with you know focusing on development because we intend to develop these players to win.
2: Awesome, Pops, we appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to the season coming up, what, like 12 days away? Yes, 22nd,
4: (laughs) 12, 11, 12, 13 days away. So, yeah, we're excited, looking forward to it, and, you know, get a good seat.
2: Appreciate (laughs) your time. All right. All right, we are back joined by one of our favorites. My favorite, just because of the intelligence. (laughs) You know, researching for talking to you today um, on the podcast, it's Noah Allen. I found the most intriguing thing, and it has nothing to do with basketball. You graduate UCLA in three years, and everyone who knows, you know, NCAA knows UCLA is one of the most prestigious schools Mm -hmm. from political science. Then you make the decision to go to UH, University of Hawaii. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Beautiful scenery, so I I respect you on that decision. (laughs) And you decide to take conflict resolution. How difficult, as a student-athlete, is it to balance that type of workload, but also play at a high level at two very prestigious uh, universities and graduate that quickly, and then continue your education?
6: Uh, it's very difficult, but for me, you know, I was pretty privileged in the sense that I got to go to private school, so I felt that that better prepared me for you know going to college and just time management and all that.
2: Why political science? What what drew <clears throat> you into that area?
6: Uh, I, I like I like you know social justice things things of that nature. And my brother's a lawyer, so. I'm thinking that's maybe something I might go into once I'm done playing basketball. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Speaking of time management, how much did that help you prepare to be a pro and where you are now in life? How much did kind of what you did in college and just balancing life and basketball, how much does that help you?
6: That's helped me a lot. You know, if you want to be great at anything you have to put the work in and you know, it's not easy but at the same time, you know, we're blessed to be able to play basketball for a living, so um,
0: well, speaking of basketball, for fans who may not be as familiar with your skill set, kind of just describe your game. What do you think your best strengths are on the court and things of that
3: nature?
6: Um, I would say I'm just versatile, you know, both offensively and defensively, being able to play multiple positions and guard multiple positions.
3: Awesome, and you were just—you were our first-round draft pick this past weekend. Um, What was your first initial thought when you got?
6: I was very excited. I mean, I've been at home for four months, so that's like the longest I've been at home since I left for college. So you know, I'm just waiting, and you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity.
3: Nice, and you got over here pretty quickly, training camp started. How's training camp going? It's
6: going well, you know, we're just blending as a team and, you know, learning the the nuances of the G League, you know, the the style of play is a little different because I played in Spain last year. So, you know, I'm excited and, you know, we're all excited to be here.
0: What's the overall vibe with the team? Obviously, it's a new team with a mix of young guys and established vets who have been in the league. So what's kind of the development of the team chemistry been so far? Uh,
6: I mean, you know, they're all good guys and, you know, we're all excited to be here. And, you know, I think we're all, you know, we all understand how blessed we are again to, to be able to do what we love for a living. So, you know, like I said, we're just all excited and looking forward to the season.
2: We talked with uh, General Manager Pops, Spence Bonsu, and asked him, you know, the difficult situation of developing guys, but also keeping in mind that, you know, ultimately head office or front office, excuse me, wants you to win. Yeah. Um, as a player, you know that you want to get to the NBA, you want to get to that level. How do you as a player balance developing, but also keeping in mind that, you want to win games, but developing is what's going to lead you there.
6: Um, I mean, we're all professionals, so we're getting paid to do a job. Um, I think you know, as long as we keep that focus and, and do what we're supposed to do, then that you know lead to the team success as well as well as individual success.
2: Looking, you know, at this roster, you've got journeymen, young guys like yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you think that you could learn, you know, a guy like Lavoy Allen, he's played at the NBA. Now he's made the decision to come to the G League to try and take that path back to the NBA. What can you learn from that as a young guy and a rookie in this league and as a professional? What it takes to make that decision to essentially put your pride aside?
6: Yeah, no, I mean, you see a lot more guys doing that, you know, guys that have played in the league and now are trying to revamp their career. But just, you know, a guy who's played in the league, just the experience that he's had. I'm just trying to pick his brain and, and, you know, understand what it takes to to play at that
0: level. I feel like you're going to get asked a ton of basketball questions today, and whole life will revolve around basketball (laughs) in the uh, next couple weeks. So is there anything off the court that you're interested in, anything you're passionate about when you're not on the court?
6: Um, Like I said, just social justice, things of that nature. Um, But no, not really. I'm pretty low key, chill dude, so. What's the
2: what's the one thing um dc's got a lot of museums mm-hmm. i'm new to dc myself mm-hmm. um so that's you know and they're free which mm-hmm. is amazing what's probably the one museum that or top three that you want to hit uh in your time i mean music? i want to
6: see everything that the city has <laughs> to offer. i've never i've never lived on the east coast so the whole vibe already is just completely different so i'm very excited but definitely african american History museum um I'd say that's that's probably the main one but i'm gonna try and see everything 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 yeah, mm-hmm. i gotta see everything while i'm here
3: are you worried about the weather at all? I know you came from Well, it's UCLA, cold. It's already, <laughs> I know I live in some really good
6: places. But um, no, I mean, it's already, I'm already freezing. But it was cold in Spain last year, too. But yeah, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So My brother, actually, he did a, uh, an internship at the SEC. Okay. And he told me how cold it gets here. So yeah. I'm trying to mentally prepare myself.
0: <laughs> Overall, personally for yourself, what are your goals for this upcoming season?
6: Uh, just to get better. Um, you know, you can't su- subsequent uh, you know playing experience. So just getting experience and, and trying to help the team win—that's what I'm looking forward to doing.
2: Awesome. Well, no, we appreciate your time. Um, I know it's an exciting time, and you have a busy day ahead of <laughs> you. <laughs> so no we'll, we'll let you go now. But we appreciate your time. We appreciate giving some insight to the Gogo fans.
6: Cool. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it.
3: Thanks,
6: Thank Great. you guys. Thanks, man. Yep.
1: Thank you. It's
2: so it's warm.
3: Are there no other stations?
2: Oh, apparently not. The joke <laughs> is, is, I'm the other station.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hello. This is... We just get everyone on here all at once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Megan. How's Isaiah, nice Ryan. to
7: meet you.
0: nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Kelly, yeah. nice to meet you. Hi. I'm Cash. I know your legs are
3: super long, but could you just be, like, We <laughs> gotta get, <laughs> get, <laughs> get
2: you closer to the mic. We gotta get you closer to the mic. All right, y'all, I, I'm still recording, so y'all just keep going. Okay. We're back. Kelly, Ryan, Megan, now we are joined by Isaiah Armwood, and he is familiar with the D.C. area, GW alum, a DMV native. When it comes to playing hoops, obviously, you know, Noah mentioned it's a game that you are all playing because you love the game, but you get to play it in the Home territory. Mm-hmm. Talk about what that means to you to rep for the city, rep for the DMV, um, being a native from this area, and now playing in front of family and friends and the DC fans.
7: Uh, it actually means a lot to me. I grew up playing here since I was a child high school, college, everything. So a lot of these guys I played against before. But coming back here just means a lot. And me being overseas the past four years, my family not to be able to see me play. So, I mean, it means everything to me. So these next six months is a big part of my life.
2: Is it sort of surreal almost that, you know, you mentioned you played overseas, mm-hmm. now you're playing at home. Is this kind of a surreal feeling um, or have you not gotten there and do you maybe think that might be opening night that you start to realize like this is, I'm really playing at home?
7: Yeah, it, it haven't hit me yet. It haven't hit me yet, but I think it'll definitely hit me when I see, when I look up and realize I'm not surrounded by different languages. <laughs> you know, and I have no clue what they are, my family up there. It'll hit me probably when the game start.
0: How cool is it for D.C. and the DMV to get a G League team, get the go-go? How much do you think that does for the community and just kind of the overall excitement for basketball from the fans?
7: I mean, I think it does a tremendous amount. If you ask me, it already has done a lot for the community. Seeing this, just look around <laughs> in, a, in a facility and everything and what they're doing in this particular area with Washington, D.C. So it's, it means everything. They, they're really putting a strong effort into it building an organization within the community and War 8 and everything else.
2: When you look at your college career, um, if anybody's followed you, they know you had to sit out due to the transfer mm-hmm. rule. Um, as a player, that can be tough, mm-hmm. but how did that prepare you to finish your college career and now prepare you for your professional life? Do you just see the game differently because you had those months to sit and just watch and be a spectator um, and you know watch a team that you know you can have an impact with, but you have to sit back and allow them to do it. How did that change the way that you see the game?
7: Uh, I think it, it changes my approach. I think it, it really don't change the way I see it. It changes my approach, especially in college when we had to sit out. No one wants to sit out ever, not, unless, not even when you hurt. So we want to be out on that court, be out there with our teammates. And it's just the, the whole transfer thing it wasn't expected, it happened fast. But it was beneficial to me as an individual, I believe. So it was the best, best decision I could possibly make at that time, and I did it. So, set out a year. it wasn't ideal, but it worked out.
3: You played in Europe and Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the differences and what was it like playing over there.
7: I loved Italy. I love Europe. I love Japan as well. But it's it's a different game. It's a different game. The level here is completely higher, but over there it's a high level of player as well. But it's just, they play the game differently, you got to study what they do instead of coming from America, it's, it's, it's especially here, because the game is spread out here in the G League and the NBA. Everything is spread out over there, it's not as spread out, it's more, more skill wise, not guys that's athletic and long like me. So it's a different game, but at the end of the day, it's still basketball. Put the ball in the basket.
0: Speaking of the difference of games, let's talk about your game. For mm-hmm. fans who may not be as familiar with you mm-hmm. and your skill set, kind of just describe what your game is on the court, your strengths. What do you mm-hmm. think you do best?
7: I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. I've been running and jumping all my life. My game has expanded <laughs> over the years, obviously, especially as I uh, became a professional. I'm more playing on a three and a four. In college, I more played in a hole, which obviously I'm a little guy. Those guys down there big, so I had to do some things differently. So. I definitely developed a lot in these past three, four years as I was a professional.
0: How much do you think versatility and just being able to defend more positions helps you as the league kind of transitions more to positionless basketball?
7: That's what the game is about, if you ask me. In today's game, you're switching one through four, sometimes one through five. And in my opinion, that's one of my greatest strengths. So,
2: I'm looking at. Uh TBT Mm -hmm. the basketball tournament Mm -hmm. not throwback Thursday Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, if people followed you they know that you played in it Um, Mm -hmm. played with the Supernova team Mm -hmm. a bunch of Villanova alums Mm -hmm. Um, I personally think that it's kind of just a glorified March Madness with the actual ending of winning money Mm -hmm. Um, agree disagree what was the experience like how fun was it playing with former Villanova guys
7: that's the best part if you ask me, meeting back up with your college teammates and everything. Obviously, you guys want to win the money, but the chances are slim because you really got to have a great team and have to have a team. You just can't throw guys out there because they a bunch of names, but overall, it was a good experience. Will I do it again? Probably not, just because I don't think it's worth it. And there's so much, so many teams, but overall, it's a good experience. The best part is reconnecting with your friends and everything.
2: Looking at the uh, the season and, you know, we talked about playing at home. What are you looking forward to most off the court?
7: Off the court, a lot of rest, <laughs> a lot of rest. Practices, practices, traveling, a lot of rest. That's off the court, I, days off, I go out and explore, but I'm from here. I know everything, I can bend everything, so but we'll see.
2: Top three hotspots that the guys not from DC area. Mm-hmm. If you had to take them like a day that you know Pops is like, alright, you're from here, mm-hmm. um, you you know, take us top three spots. Where are you taking them? Whether it's a museum, a food spot, um, even if it's like a secret, you know, New York has Rucker Park, if it's mm-hmm. a spot like that, where are your top three hits that you gotta take the guys to? Uh
7: first I take them to my hometown, Baltimore. That's because I know probably most of them I've never been. Next, I hit over to GW campus, just because I'm so familiar and I love that area, and Foggy Bottom, and probably the, uh, new muse- the new museum in DC, which I haven't even been yet. Inside, I've been there. I believe it's the African American Museum. Mm-hmm. I haven't been there, but probably. And there. you wouldn't
2: have to put the bill for that because the museum's here. Are it's free. free. Yes, that's the best part. <laughs> that's the best part. Isaiah we appreciate you taking some time enjoy the rest of media day enjoy the rest of training camp and we can't wait for November 3rd
7: all right thank you appreciate it
2: Megan Ryan Kelly joined by coach Jarrell Christian in his first season as a head coach here inaugural season a lot of firsts with the go-go you guys made your first pick in the draft but coach for those that don't know you aren't familiar necessarily with who you are you played the game um, Assistant coaching experience, you have the connection with Scott Brooks. Why take this as your first head coaching situation?
8: Yeah, I think um, obviously being an expansion team, having the opportunity to to build this thing up from the from the ground, um, excited me. Um, I think being a part of this organization in this community, um, obviously this community loves their loves their sporting teams, you know. So I think this is a great chance. Um, for me to get my feet wet for one, but also for me to make a, an impact and a lasting impact of that. Obviously with me knowing Scott Brooks and knowing some of the other Wizards coaching staff members from our time in Oklahoma, um, there's a lot of familiarity with us. You know, um, Basically when I started um, coaching professional basketball, it was under those guys. So a lot of the terminology that I learned on day one Um, Is consistent with what they're teaching now.
2: Kind of to piggyback off what you just said, does that make it easier for this transition going from an assistant to a head coach, knowing that things are similar with Coach Brooks' system, terminology, as you mentioned, does that make it a little easier on yourself going into this new role?
8: It makes it a lot easier. You know, I I understand um, the way they see the game. I understand what those coaches, um, what they emphasize, and and the way they want their players to to be on the court. You know, And, and with that experience just comes the relationship aspect of all of us. Um, and, and the thing that I think kind of gets lost in it is, yes, I know the basketball part that, that Scott Brooks wants to implement, um, but there's a relationship aspect to it. You know, I, there's a, a comfort level with Scott and I, and, you know, and I know that, you know, if anything happens, I've got his support. Um, and knowing that people around you have your best interests at heart and, and they support you means the world, especially for a first time head coach.
0: Speaking of just relationships and being able to relate with the players, uh, this team is a mix of kind of young guys and established vets. How are you relating to them, and what are you doing to help try to build team chemistry between, you know, maybe some guys who are a little bit older and younger Mm -hmm. and things like that?
8: The one thing that I took from from Coach Scott Brooks in our time in Oklahoma um, was that he allowed his vets to have a voice in practice, you know, and that's something I started doing in day one. Um, You have to empower those guys, and I – I understand that they have experiences that I don't have and that I could never have. Um, so I would be a fool if I didn't put those guys to in a position to have a voice and to be successful with their teammates. Um, that's something that you know those guys have done a great job with so far, um, and I will continue to empower them.
0: Speaking of giving vets the chance to speak and practice and be vocal, how beneficial has LaVoy Allen's presence been to kind of help develop some of the younger guys on the team?
8: You know, LaVoy is a, um, to me, he's, he's a quiet guy, you know, and he kind of lets his, his play do the talking. Um, and I think sometimes that's what you need. You know, you don't really need to be the, the most voc- vocal person in the room. Um, but if you come to work every day with your hard hat on and when, when the game's on the line, you know, everybody knows they can rely on LaVoy. You know, he's been in a lot of NBA games. He brings that experience and he brings that component to the team. Um, so what he brings is very valuable to, to everybody, not just the players, but to the staff as well.
3: Coach, you're also a local guy, so what does that mean to you more than just on the court, having the go-go first year in this community?
8: Yeah, it means, um, it means a lot to me. You know, um, Devin Robinson, he and I are from um, similar areas. He always gets on me because he, he claims I said I was from Richmond, but I'm really not from Richmond. I'm from the outskirt. I'm from a small town just outside of Richmond, so just clear that up. Um, so me being less than 100 miles away is really important. You know, My wife and I, we have two, two children. Um, we did the two under2 two deal so just my, my family being able to come up and, and spend time with us you know not having to hop on a flight is really important to both of us um, and then obviously just being in the area where I recruited for so many years being a division three assistant coach um, having family members here having several coaching ties here you know it, it means a lot to me and just knowing that we can have an impact on this community you know is just something that I'm looking forward to
2: that's something that Isaiah said the community and how much this means, Pops Mets has said it, you've said it, a lot of the players have said it, um, just in their short time here. What is it about the community that is allowing you guys to just try and encompass yourself? You know, the go-go, that type of music, it started here. It's synonymous with DC and the DMB area. How has it been integrating yourselves into the community, but the community welcome, welcoming you, Pops, and the team with open arms and having your backs right from the get-go and you haven't even played a game yet?
8: Yeah, no, I think um, that's a great question. You know, one thing that I don't want to get lost in is uh, um, we're here for the community. You know, we're not here to, to make a huge change or you know, we're here just to be a part of them, you know, see what they're going through on a daily basis and finding little pockets of opportunity that we can help. Um, whether it's us getting out in the community, whether it's opening up our doors or any of that, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for us um, as as individuals to find ourselves in philanthropy and just trying to get out and, and, you know, make a name for ourselves in the go-go. And I also think with all that comes a responsibility to lead by example.
2: When you are preparing for November 3rd, opening night, it's year one, you get to open the season at home in this beautiful new facility, what's what's going through your mind?
8: I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't a little bit nervous. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what uh, the crowd is gonna look like. I don't know what the attendance will look like, you know, but I can guarantee that our team's gonna play connected. I can guarantee that our team's gonna play hard. Um, you know, and our, I, I have a really good staff, you know, everybody top to bottom with tons of different experiences that they're bringing to the table. Um, so I know our team's gonna be well prepared, you know, and I, I would like to see A lot of familiar faces in the stands supporting and cheering us Um, but with that also know that we have to get out and support them um, in their endeavors as well so i'm eager to get out in the community and help and support those guys just as much as we're asking for their help
0: it's probably more of a logistical question but do you think there's a certain benefit to having a g league team extremely close to the nba team whereas some teams have their g league affiliate literally miles and miles away in different states do you think just from a continuity standpoint that kind of helps you guys in development
8: it absolutely does, you know, just being close. Um, obviously, I was there in Oklahoma City with the G League team, and we we're just a few miles away from the Thunder. Um, but I think just the, the access that it gives our coaching staff um, to watch a Wizards practice, um, to, to form those relationships with the staff members, um, open up those lines of communication helps between players going back and forth and understanding what the expectations are of the of the environment, you know? And I think with us being in the same building, crossing paths with those guys a lot is extremely helpful to everybody. You know, those guys can sit in their office and work on their computers and look down on the practice court and see G league practices happening, you know, right there. Um, So I think that helps everybody, you know, the staff and the players.
2: I saw a quote that you stand by and it resonated with me. Be where your feet are. What does that, what does that mean to you?
8: yeah so I, I think that being where your feet are is how you're able to do your best work you know i think a lot of times as people not just athletes but people in general um we can kind of get lost with what's what's happened in the past uh, we can get lost with what's going to happen or what may not happen in the future but i think you can really do your best work no matter what your job is is when you're present and locked in in the moment you know if you listen to any any athlete or any players talk about their best performance you know they were in. They were in a trance. They was. You know they were there. They were present in that moment. And I think if you can commit yourself to doing that every day, whether it's practice, um, whether it's a film session with an individual coach, um, and obviously during the game, I think that's how you're able to produce a pretty good product. Coach, we appreciate your
2: time. We appreciate talking to you with us. And uh, November third is right around the corner. We look forward to it.
8: Absolutely, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on,
0: Lavoy. How excited are you to be a part of this team, this new team in DC?
9: I'm very excited. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say I've been waiting here 45 minutes to get on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> so that that part wasn't that great. But you know, I'm very excited. You know, it's um, <clears throat> you know, it's their first season. You know, so I get to be a part of something new. And uh, you know, we got a, we got a bunch of guys here, talented guys, young guys. You know, so we're all you know ready for this thing to begin.
0: Has anyone in particular stood out so far uh, as you guys are preparing for the season in terms of the young guys?
9: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was in a you know the Wizards training camp with Taiwan and Chris and hold on, Devin and one more person. I That's I no, it. No, that might be. <laughs> oh, Chasen. You know, I think all those guys are really talented, and you know, I although our time was very limited you know you know getting reps in practice and getting time during games i I, I was pretty impressed with what those guys could do
2: when you prepare yourself for the season i asked pops about it um coach christian mentioned it a little bit you could have easily gone overseas if you wanted to you've had time in the nba but you've made the decision to try and revamp and get a new path back to the NBA by way of the G League and that takes a lot for a player who's played in the NBA, set their pride aside and just do what's best for their career. What went into that decision and why did you make the decision to go G League versus overseas or trying to get another NBA contract? Obviously trying to do that with the training camp with the Wizards but you've accepted that the G League is a great spot for you to be in.
9: Um, Just um so one thing was uh, family, you know, I'm, I'm married with three kids, you know, young kids. So I wanted really to you know, stay in the States. You know, I didn't want to, It was a nice shot. I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to, you know, bring my kids, have my kids traveling all over the place. Uh, that was the main thing. Second thing is, you know, I I just feel like there's a better chance of getting called up. You know, I don't think guys are looking, for, oh, sorry. I don't think, you know, teams are going to pull guys from overseas to come over. So. You know, the the chances of being called up, you know, are great. So, and, uh, you know, I really want to make this, you know, one more push to get back into the league. You know, I think I really belong there, and I think I'm talented enough to, to be playing with those guys.
3: Since you've had a lot of previous NBA experience, a lot of the other guys that are trying to develop and get there are going to be looking towards you for advice and to be a role model. So what does that mean to you?
9: Oh, it's great. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big talker, so <clears throat> I think uh, Coach might have mentioned that. I'm, I'm not a huge talker, so I usually lead by example, you know, just you know, going hard in practice, going hard on game days, you know, always being on time, you know, doing the right things like a real professional is supposed to be like. So, you know, like a lot of you guys are young. You know, they're coming from college where, you know, they're coming from a team where they were a the man on their team. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a new experience for them, you know, coming into it.
0: Just ask Coach about this. What do you think uh, the benefit of having the G League team so close to the actual NBA team is for you guys in terms of development, whereas some teams have their G League team in different states and things like that. Do you think that helps you guys at all?
9: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, the facility the facility is uh, ridiculous. Um, I only play for one G League team. I played for Northern Arizona last year. We were up, uh, uh, we were up in the mountains. Um, you know, it was, it was a retirement city, you know, a lot it's of in old Preston, people. Right? Prescott, Yeah, Prescott Valley. And uh, so just ha- being here right in the heart of DC, you know, having the Wizards right next door, you know, I, I think it's going to be great. Fun one for you. Your
2: Twitter handle is very interesting. Yeah. Chef Boy RD. <laughs> Can you <laughs>
9: Of course I can. you I can. down in the kitchen? Like, what? <laughs> oh, ask about me. Ask around about me, you know.
3: What's your go-to dish?
9: Oh, man. Let me see. Uh, grilled cheese.
3: Ooh. It's classic. But is it like... It's special? Like, or? do you use Gouda? <laughs>
2: like, is there something... Because, like, I can, I, don't, yo, I can make a mean grilled cheese. I don't, so, my trick, I use brie, ooh. and I put pesto on it. Pesto? You can take that secret. It'll change your life. I'm yeah, I, I don't.
9: I don't put my secrets out there. See, that's a difference. That's between smart. Me and yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like,
2: but th- that's just one of just many. taking the
9: next step. You, you can't be letting out all your secrets. Yep. Like, my, mine is like an old family tradition <laughs> that dates back way back in the day. So I, I can't be giving out all the details about that.
3: Will you be cooking for the team?
9: Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep that in house. <laughs> what's
3: what's your, you mentioned you have three kids?
2: What's their favorite dish that dad makes? Grilled yeah, cheese. Grilled cheese. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Gotta. It must ask. be pretty good.
0: It
9: is. It is. Okay. Maybe one day I'll cook for you guys. <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> Gotta ask you. Talk about having so many young guys on the team, fresh out of college. What are your thoughts on this whole Fortnite thing that all these guys are talking about? All these guys, it's kind of taken a, a life of its own in sports and pop culture. Do you have any thoughts on that?
9: Fortnite, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm not a real big video game person, <laughs> so I don't. I haven't played Fortnite, um, so I, I don't really. Don't really know. I played, I played Call of Duty before. That was like a couple of years ago. Maybe a little bit of 2K, but I'm not. I'm not real big on video games. Probably because of my kids. <laughs> Makes sense. Having having to babysit my kids all the time. You know?
2: <laughs> Daddy daycare. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for those that are for the for the listeners, like we're sitting here probably like 15, 20 feet away from the court and. Uh, before the guys are actually having a shooting contest so that's why you can keep hearing the ball bouncing and that's why <laughs> the boys fascinated by some of these shots going down um, we've got like nice uh, nice views of what's happening on the court but just looking at this facility uh, obviously playing in the G League with uh, Northern Arizona you're familiar with you know the travel and the facilities and t- just talk about playing in a facility like this it's brand new uh, State of the art, and you're getting an opportunity to be one one of the first teams, if not the first team, uh, using the
8: course.
9: Uh, I mean, you pretty much said it all. You know, there's there's not many nining that I could think of in uh, the G League that has a facility like this. No, I mean, there's barely NBA teams that have a uh, facility like this. So, I mean, it's going to be great. Usually, it's, it's usually when I leave teams that they uh, they, they, they upgrade. For, yeah, like Temple. <laughs> You know, as soon as I left, a year after, they opened a new practice facility. Same thing with the uh, Sixers. I think two years after I left, they opened up one. And then uh, Indiana, literally the year after I left. So this is the first time I'm coming into something new. So I'm, I'm excited about it.
2: For fans that might not be familiar with you, somehow if they haven't seen you play in the NBA. What, can you, what do you bring <clears throat> to the table that fans should know about you and the type of player that you are?
9: Um, <clears throat> just hard-nosed. Uh, defensive, on the defensive end, you know, I always try to bring it you know, being help position with my teammates. Um, Rebounding, rebounding is a thing that is really one of the only parts of the game where you can be selfish about, you know, I've never been, you know, criticized for getting too many rebounds. So, you know, I I think that's that's my favorite part of the game is uh, rebounding on both ends of the floor.
2: I think the day that happens, the NBA is just falling apart. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Oh boy, we appreciate you taking some time. We That's it. That's well. all the court. notes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, keep, we can talk about.
9: I mean, I was it. waiting for forty-five minutes, guys. Forty-five <laughs> yeah, we minutes. Keep going. No, I'm just joking. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go home. Oh, he, really he, he, he wants to get to practice, but we appreciate
2: yeah. you taking some time. We look forward to November 3rd, uh, all the fans coming out for... By November.
9: the way, that's that's my dad's birthday.
2: Happy birthday to... Also, yesterday
9: Allie. when the training camp started, it was my wife's birthday.
1: So. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to Mrs. Happy
3: birthday Thank all you, I appreciate the, that, To guys. the real boss. February 4th
9: is my birthday. You want to give me an <laughs> early happy, happy birthday. birthday? I'm going to... Happy see you early that birthday. Oh, uh, thank you, okay.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's up, kids, Ryan Dizdeer, uh, Megan McKee, and Kelly Rakzin. We are back at Go! Go! Media Day with uh, Tawan Kinley.
10: How are you doing? How excited are you to get the season underway? Uh, very excited, you know, we've got a new core group of guys, you know, new facility, brand new everything. So we want to bring as much uh, energy as we can, you know, set the year off right and let's uh, have a good season.
0: Uh, some of the guys have talked about the impact that the Go-Go has already had on the community. What have you noticed so far in terms of that? Uh, seeing people excited about the team, excited to have a, a G League team, an additional basketball team in D.C.?
10: Uh, it's, I think... It's pretty exciting, you know what I'm saying, for the people that's around, because not more like people can't always get to the Wizards game, but can also come over and check out the G League team, you know what I'm saying? They made the name the Go-Go, you know what I'm saying, for their national music, you know what I'm saying? So I, I feel as though like that should bring out a lot of people, just to you know, support their hometown, and it should be nice to see who all come out.
3: You're also a local guy, so what does it mean to you coming back and playing in front of family, friends, close
10: by? Uh, that's what really made my decision was my family, started going so far. So for them to come out and support, you know, that, that's definitely a, a plus because I have family that's coming from New York to DC, not that far, easy transportation. So I, that's, that's, that's gonna be big for me as well.
2: You're uh, one of the guys that was part of Wizards training camp, um, LaVoy talked about it. Talk about having to go up against a guy like Brad Beal and John Wall every day. You went from watching them on TV to now in camp having to go against them um, to try and crack that roster and, and talk about you know just being in the presence of Coach Brooks and the coaching staff um, and learning from them before making the transition now with the G League and Coach Christian.
10: I mean, Brad and John is two great players. So, God, I'm gonna go start by one. God and Brad, it was tough. You know what I'm saying, he's a vet, you know what he's doing, you know what I'm saying. He he know how to read all kind of options, you know what I'm saying. So, me watching him and then playing against him and him teaching me things, it it really showed me a lot. But he's a tough one. And John, how the way he pick his his poison, you know what I'm saying, and how the way he read the floor, tremendous, like, it's crazy. How he does it, you know what I'm saying? Like it was times where he just pulled him to the side, like, "Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you look for when you come up the screen?" And it's like he, he just, bam, bam, everything is there. Like, if that person don't do this, but I'm looking at that, I'm looking at that. And for him to do that for nine years is is it, it, it's, is it, it's good. And it's just being under, just being under the, uh, what I'm trying to say, just being under Scott Brooks, how the way he coaches is 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 what you would want tough hard-nosed coach who's going to be on you who want the best for you and you, you can't find a lot of coaches that's like that. So from him to do that and give me an opportunity to, to be at training camp was a blessing.
3: When you, you know
2: you mentioned both Brad and John you were able to pull them aside and ask them about stuff. They could easily just be like nah young fella like I'm not trying to deal with you, yeah. knowing that you're trying to crop the, crack the roster, um, not knowing if you're going to be kept around. They could easily just, you know, just forget about you pushing the side, but they took time. As a young player, what does that mean? Because that typically you're not going to necessarily see that in every NBA uh, training camp, especially when you're trying to crack the roster.
10: I mean, for them to do that, that showed me a lot and told me a lot about them that they're willing to teach and, and bring young guys in and show them and show them the way. So that's what I took in as it, and then. I just ran with it, so like that was that was special for them to actually even sit down and even break down basketball from what they see to me.
0: Speaking of learning from vets like John and Brad when we were with the Wizards for training camp, what have you been able to learn so far from Lavoy Allen down here?
10: Lavoy, that's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't he don't say too much, but at the end of the day, he's a vet too, so he, he knows what he's talking about, and I listen to him as like I would listen to any vet and he's he's pretty good, he's pretty good.
2: So growing up, um, we obviously know you were a Knicks fan. (sighs) Going to school, Roosevelt. Like, now you gotta play for the Wizards and that organization, like how tough is it gonna be when you gotta go up against the Knicks and their G League affiliate, knowing that as a kid you rooted for them all the time, but now you, you know,
10: you got a different alliance. Well, it's, you know, they're still my team, but I'm a wizard now. Like, I'm a, I'm a go-go, so it's, it's, it is what it is. got <laughs> to be right here, right here. we right here, so we're going to handle business right here. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no it's, it's no love laws, but they got to take L's. <laughs> got to take L's. Just being in the gym so
0: far this morning and being able to be around all these guys, we're seeing a lot of smiles, a lot of laughing. Can you just kind of describe what the vibe and the chemistry has been like so far as you guys prepare for the start of the season?
10: Oh, the vibe, the vibe is, is good. You know what I'm saying this is pretty much people's first time putting on a, a professional jersey that brings smiles to their face. They in a, they in the Wizards facility, an NBA facility that also brings smiles to their face they practicing on the NBA court. That brings smiles to their face. So it's, everybody's happy. Everybody's happy to be here. Everybody work hard. Everybody's excited for the season. Everybody want to go out and have fun and, and, and get wins and, and actually show that like they are professional.
0: Speaking of the jerseys and the uniforms, this is the first time a lot of people uh, have gotten a chance to see them. What do you think? you like the jerseys? you like the threads?
10: Oh, yeah, I'm a fan. I didn't think it was going to come out like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it was, it's, my, it's actually my first time, as a, in a, in a besides the Wizards, putting on a, another jersey. So... It's definitely a blessing, and I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. What
2: are you looking to forward to, excuse me, um, opening night? It's right around the corner.
10: I'm looking forward to everybody. I'm not really worrying about a win or a loss. We've got a long season. I just want everybody to come out and compete, have fun, and, and do what they do best, and have love for the game.
0: Is there anything personally for you that you want to achieve this year in terms of goals or benchmarks or anything like that?
10: Oh uh, Yeah. i yeah, I would like to you know I'm saying, get, moved, get moved up, but until then, until the time is, we got to focus on here. I'm right here, and we're going to help get these guys better, and we're going to have a good season with the go-go.
3: Awesome. And tell some fans that might not know too much about your playing style. What's your game like?
10: I'm a shot creator, playmaker, and I love to attack the rim.
3: Sounds good. Hope to see it on November 3rd. Yes, Definitely. man. Long.
2: We appreciate your time. Thank you. Go-go media day as we get set for opening night, November 3rd. Megan, Ryan, Kelly, we are now joined by Chris Ray, Part of the first inaugural draft for the Go-Go, what was that moment like just finding out that you got drafted? It's Uh, not something that everybody's gonna get that experience to, uh, to
3: have.
11: No, I mean, it was pretty big for me, especially where I'm from. I mean, my hometown is Shelby. I was the first to do it in the G League, but, um. It was pretty big. I was sitting there with my mother, so I mean, that made it special for me.
2: Is was how who was more excited, you or your
11: mom? Oh, my mother <laughs> by far, by far she was. I mean, I think for me at the time, I was just excited to get it done because I mean, the way the process is, you know, a lot of guys go overseas, and they've been gone now for like two months. Mm-hmm. So I've been at home, and that time I'm just waiting it out. So I mean, for me, I was happy just to get it done. But for her, she was ecstatic. What does it mean for you,
0: you know, playing at the Mount to kind of be still in the area playing for a new team at the go-go in D.C.? Mm-hmm.
11: Uh, it's pretty crazy because, like, everybody from up here, all my friends from school would always tell me that I would I would always stick around here. And I would tell them no because, I mean, I didn't really like the big city <laughs> life. I'm from a small town. And it's funny that I ended up back here. And then every time I see somebody, i will tell you, I told you. <laughs> so it's like I'm back <laughs> where I was at.
2: You get a chance to... Uh to play in front of a big city. And um, the one thing that we have continued to hear about the go-go being here is the fact that it's welcomed the community and the community has welcomed them back with open arms. Um, How big of an impact are you wanting to have, not just on the court, but as well as the community, uh, being in Southeast DC and playing in Ward 8? What type of impact do you want to have as an individual, as a team on this community?
11: Uh, I mean you want to have as big an impact as you can as a person but I mean I have a friend who is from Southeast I went to school with so like I would be around him and around the area I've been around before so I mean like for me I think it's I take it a little bit more personal I mean I've been around it so I see how it is but I mean in any situation you want to be able to make a place better than before you like when you found you want to make it better when you leave so whatever case may be I want to be able to step in and do whatever I can to help
0: How's it been meshing with these guys on this new team, a mix of young guys, some older vets? What's it been like? What's the team chemistry developing that as the season gets close?
11: Uh, I mean, for me, it's just like any other team I've been on. You start with the guys who've been in longer, and you ask the most questions, and then you just figure it out from there. Like for me right now, I'm just trying to learn everything I can from the guys who have been here and already have been through it. So that's pretty much it.
3: What are your goals for the season?
11: You said uh, to do whatever to help the team win. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're excited to be here, and happy to be here, but you're not here just to be here. You're here to play. You're here to win. You're here to compete. So that's the biggest thing.
2: Awesome, Chris. We appreciate your time. thank Enjoy, you. Thanks uh, the for having rest of me. Go get uh, ready for practice. Yeah. All right, podcast fans, whiz kids, hoop heads, if you're. A wisconsin badger fan i i i apologize in advance for our next guest on the <laughs> podcast he hit one of the most iconic shots in florida gators history and it happened to be on the badgers which ended their dance at march madness it is chris Chiozo. chris you've had some experience wizards training camp going up against a guy like bradley beal john wall also under the tutelage of coach scott brooks What was that experience like and how are you going to take that into the season with the go-go your first season uh, as a professional?
5: Uh, It was a great experience just being able to be up there at that level with those guys with a great coach like that. Just, you know, showing me the ropes, teaching me a lot of things that, uh, you know, that are different in the NBA than in college. And and it's just, I learned a lot of things just in that week, the the two weeks I was with them and uh, hoping that I can use that um, with the go-go and help that team become better.
2: For non-Badger fans, um, non-Gator fans, what can GoGo fans and Wizard fans expect from you this season? Type player you are. Everybody knows who, like I'm familiar with how you played. You nose deep in defense. Like anybody who knows you knows that defensively you don't you don't have to worry about him because he's got a lockdown. But on the offensive end, what might people not know about you?
5: Uh, I'm a true point guard. I like I like to see my teammates score more than I like to score myself. So I'm just looking to get those guys open shots and set them up so where they can be successful. Um, I mean, that makes me look good at the same time, but I'm more worried about them, you know, doing their thing than I am worried about myself.
0: Speaking of being a true point guard, how much did it mean for you to become University of Florida's all-time assist leader? How how much of a achievement and accomplishment was that for you personally?
5: Um, It was a big, big personal achievement. I never really, you know, thought about it. Um, I never realized how close I was to getting that until uh, like two games before when they told me. And I just, you know, tried to go out there and play the same way, not really focus on trying to break that record. I knew, you know, just playing the way that I play, I was going to get there. And, uh, you know, when it happened, uh, it was against Kentucky, which is one of, you know, the biggest rivals and one of the best games of the year. And so as soon as it happened, uh, they called a timeout and had like a little tribute video. And it just kind of surprised me. And uh, it was just a great experience, you know.
0: Speaking of one of the best games of the year, can you just kind of walk us through that shot against Wisconsin, what was going through your mind? How did it go down? Because obviously a huge shot. Um, so just kind of walk us through that.
5: Uh, we had been in that situation a couple times throughout the year. And, uh, you know, we, I, I had another a guard on the court with me, uh, Casey Hill, who's, you know, another fast guard, and, you know, normally he would get the ball and go up the court and, you know, get the shot at, at the end, um, and I, I saw they were double-teaming him off the inbound, so I, I, I told him to go this way so I could get to the ball, and I told Kanye to pass me the ball, and I really wasn't trying to shoot. I was I was trying to get up the court and find D-Rob in the corner, uh, but they, they, they kind of fouled me in the backcourt, but they didn't call it. So, I didn't get up the court as fast as I wanted to to get him the ball, and I didn't have any choice but to shoot it. But I, I had an open look, so I, I took it. And when I let it go, I, I knew it had a chance to go in. But I, I was running so fast, I wasn't sure if I put too much on it. And uh, Devin Devin almost goaltended it. it. He thought it was a pass. And so I'm just glad he didn't touch it. And then when it went in, I was just I just stood there. And I, I couldn't believe I had hit it. And then D-Robin and those guys come over and tackle me. So...
3: Speaking of Devin, you two were quite the dynamic duo, both on and off the court at Florida. Um, what's it like getting to play with him again and hang out with him, be in the area? Yeah,
5: it's crazy. Uh, you know, he left a year early, so when he did that, I was, I was, I was proud for him. Um, I was just hoping that he was gonna make it, and uh, just being able to, you know, join him again and be teammates and be around each other, it was a blessing. Uh, something I didn't think would happen.
0: How great is it playing with a guy like him, a guy who has that athleticism, and ability to just kind of hover above the rim and, and collect passes and lobs? How much does that make your life easier as a point guard?
5: It makes it a, a lot easier. All I have to do is uh, I see him there to go. I just throw it to where nobody else can get it, and he'll go get it. So Anytime I see him going to the rim, I'm throwing it in there. So It's a lot easier. It's a, it makes it really easy on me.
2: When you entered your first, uh, first year as a pro, and you're, you know, you mentioned you're a true point guard. You've got chemistry with a guy um, who's going to be around a lot. It makes it a little bit easier to transition. But what are you looking forward to most as a professional, whether it's on the court or off the court, but just embarking on this new uh, this new journey?
5: Um, I would say just like the re- the relationships that I'm going to make with my teammates, and you know, no matter where I'm at, I'm a I'm a people person. So um, I always try to you know make good relationships with all my teammates. coaching staff anybody that i'm going to be around or even if i'm not going to be around them i like to you know make a good impression on people uh, because you never know what you know when you may run into them again
2: so if there's you guys get a day off um and d robin isaiah got to take you guys on a tour if you could pick where you're going to go where's a hot spot that you would want to go if you? Are familiar with anything about DC?
5: Uh, Yeah, I'm not really familiar with anything, but uh.
2: Or would you be able to trust your tour guides? Could you trust them to take you to good spots?
5: (laughs) D-Rob and Isaiah, yeah, I I trust them. D-Rob showed me a little around a little bit. We don't we don't wander too far away from downtown while (laughs) we're staying.
0: This will be the last question about uh, University of Florida. We promised, but what made you want
5: to go there out of high school? What kind of led you to that decision? Um, the relationship I had with Coach Donovan. Uh, you know, growing up, I always liked Florida. I like watching them play, and they always had you know smaller guards that you know always had good careers and you know were really good and had a chance to play professional. And so, um, you know, when he, he started recruiting me, it was like a, a instant. Feeling, I was like, this, this is going to be the right spot. He's he's coached in the NBA, played in the NBA, had success with guards to play like me. He's a great coach. Um, I think that might be the spot. And I took my visit. After that, I knew that's where I wanted to go. I don't even think I took my other visit. I think I took two visits. That was my second one. and After that, I was done. And I just I just knew that was going to be a good fit for me. Even though he ended up leaving, um, you know, he made sure that he was a big big help in hiring Coach White, who's there now, um, who's a very similar coach. So. He made sure that that we were gonna be able to have success without him.
2: Growing up, who was uh, who was that guy that you were like I wanna I wanna emulate my game after? Whether it was even a point guard, just you wanted to take facets of their game and turn it into yours. It
5: was several people. Um, I think Steve Nash and Rondo were my where I, I got my passing that. from. And Dwayne Wade used to be my favorite player overall, just the way he he was, you know, attacking the rim off pick and rolls and stuff, and he was just my favorite to watch. And then Allen Iverson.
2: I appreciate all of those, especially Steve Nash because I'm from Canada. And Jason Williams
5: because <laughs> he played for the Grizzlies. So True. No. And that's where I'm. I'll take that because Vancouver, Canada. Yeah. I'll take it.
2: <laughs> Chris, we appreciate your time. I know it's chilly in the arena right now, so we'll let you get, uh, get warmed up and get ready for practice. Right. We appreciate it, though. Thank you. Megan Ryan Kelly, joined by Devin Robinson. Off the mic, we were talking about Uber and what gets you a 5 rating as a driver. So if you drive for Uber, you need to be listening because if Devin Robinson ends up in your car, (laughs) you need to have these specific things if you want to get a 5. Devin, what is it?
12: If you're going to get a 5 star from me, you're going to have to have some great amenities. A.K.A. I need some water, some mints, candy, uh, gum, and uh, you have to have a cell phone charger, iPhone, not the Android. And you have to let me control the aux. Um, I'm big on the music, and if you don't have an aux cord, you automatically get a three. Ooh.
2: What if they let you connect via Bluetooth? Bluetooth. Is, that, is that even better than the aux
12: cord? Uh, yeah, but it, it, it's, it's hard. It's tricky because some most of the cars, you know, you can't work the Bluetooth if it's moving. So you have to pull over to the side and da-da-da. And then you got, like, all these U-connects and... Chevrolets on your Bluetooth, and you gotta delete them when you get out. It's, it's just a hassle. Just give them the Ox. Just give them yeah, the Ox. Make sure, sure you got an Ox. Aux.
3: <laughs> when you get that Ox, what's the first song that's going
12: on? Uh, it depends what the vibe is. Uh, if we're going, if you're, you know what I'm saying, we're gonna have a fun time. You know, I'm gonna put on Check West, Mo Bamba to get everybody energy going. Uh, if I'm just chilling, going home, you know, nice vibe, nice chill night. You know, I'm gonna probably put on some Drake. You know, Scorpion album.
2: What's your favorite song off that album?
12: I like nonstop. Uh, emo- oh, Emotionless. Yeah, that's a vibe, for sure.
2: Okay, what gets a bad Uber rating for you, other than not having the amenities? Obviously, if you don't have any of the amenities, you're getting a bad rating, but a other three, than so. that.
12: Mm, a bad Uber rating? Uh, I actually got a funny story about that. Um... So first of all, he didn't have an score Strike one. Strike one. hour automatically dropped two or three. And then um, didn't have didn't have air conditioning. So Strike two in the summertime. Ooh. So that's, that's it's terrible. It's hot. And then and then uh oh he's, the smell the car did not smell well so and and he just didn't he just wasn't nice No. Mm. Oh, and he almost hit somebody. Oh, zero stars. So that got him a one. I I wish I could have gave him zero, but (laughs) I had to give him one. But
2: yeah, you're on the bandwagon that Uber should. You should be allowed to give them zeros. Yes. Okay, I'm the same. Like you, if you hit all the boxes of what you should not do, like you should be allowed to get a zero. Yeah, exactly. And hitting someone is, that should be an automatic yeah, zero.
12: no stars, no stars. Well, I want to know how do they rate you? Because you know you got a rating too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Over, so what do they rate you by? Right, That's because- That's what I want to know. Like Kevin, like, yes.
2: we were talking about this, and if you don't talk to them, you some, some people will give you a bad rating, but the whole thing about it is that you aren't supposed to talk to them while they're driving.
12: Exactly, they're controlling the motorized vehicle, they need to be focused. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Whatever. What's your rating?
2: My rating um, right now, I think, is like 4.9. I'm that's a gem. Hot.
3: That's that's coming from Canada. I'm a gem. You're, you guys are two Canadian, guys up there.
2: So. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a gem. Mine's I'm not a
3: that gem. high.
2: I'm not going to lie. Does Canada, does Canada have Lyft? Uh, we do now. Yeah. You know, but we only worry about Uber. Yeah, um, it's all about Uber right now. My
12: Uber rating is probably at 4.78. Nice. That's kind of... Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, we got sw- to switch to basketball. That's why we're here. It's go go Media Day. Devin, when you're looking at November third, it's opening night. Mm-hmm. What are you like? What's what's the vibe? What are you expecting? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Like, what's going through your mind as you approach November third right now?
12: Oh, I'm just ready to get this season going. You know, it's another year, another year of uh, G League basketball. Um, I, last year, I know what to. Ex- I didn't know what to expect going in, and I feel like I did. It's pretty solid. But um, this year, I'm just ready to go. You know, I'm with some of my friends playing with me at Chris Chioza, and I just really came close with uh Taiwan Kinley. So we played together in, in some league. So uh, I know what to expect coming from those guys and uh just ready to go. Ready to see everybody flourish and everybody go their ways and call-ups and all types of things. So I'm just I'm just ready to get it on, you know. You gotta
0: ask, the last preseason game, you threw down four or five six, Highlight real worthy dunks. You almost hit your head on the backboard on one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you got springs for legs. When was the first time you dunked? And what's kind of the most insane dunk you can throw down?
12: First time I dunked really was this summer from my 10th grade year to to my uh, 11th grade year. That's kind of late for for you know someone with my my kind of athleticism now. So uh, that was my first time I dunked it, and it was such a simple dunk. It was, it was like the one of those power up real fast and one hand thing, and I just went nuts, you know. <laughs> uh, and probably the most craziest dunk I did was probably in high school. I jumped from the free throw line in a dunk contest. That was insane. I can't do it anymore. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I probably juiced up that day. On. No, but yeah, that's probably the most crazy
0: speak about uh, playing with some guys you're familiar with how much does that help this year going into your second year um, g League basketball playing with the go-go just having that familiarity and continuity with some of the guys
12: it helps a lot you, you know where where they're gonna be on the court They they know where to find you um, they're gonna make you look good and you're gonna make them look good you know so it, it makes playing for one another easier and makes it fun you know if you if you like the guys you are playing with you're gonna have more success on the court you know so Hopefully that's a real big part of our success and, and, and what's going to happen on, on the court this season. You know?
0: Yeah, specifically about Chris Chioza, he spoke about how your athleticism makes his job easy. How does having Chioza, having, you know, known what he plays on the court, what he's like, mm-hmm. and just playing with a true point guard like him, how much does that help you and what you want to do on the court?
12: That's great, having a great point guard who wants to pass first. You know, it's rare nowadays. A lot of point guards want to go score 30 and get, like, seven assists, six <laughs> assists. But well, for him, it's always been pass first since since he stepped foot on the Florida campus. So, I mean, it's, I always love playing with Chris Chiosa. And uh, for for him, like, all he got to do is throw it up at the rim and I'm going to go get it. So that makes – his he gets some assists and I get some points and we all going to win, you know, so –
3: off the court too, you guys have been described as a bromance or a dynamic duo. So how is it being back with him and the vibe with the rest of the team?
12: Oh, that's great. You know, um, that's my man. You know, uh, he was my roommate in college as well, so we grew close together. And um, now we're just growing life together. You know, we're playing basketball for for a job now. You know, it's a job now, so it's just fun doing the thing that you love to do with your you know with your homie. You
2: General manager pops mensah Um he's familiar. Anybody who knows his story, he's played in the NBA. He's played overseas. He's also played in the G League. Mm-hmm. Does that allow you to understand what it takes and what to expect um, from this new journey in your life and in your playing career? Even though you do have the experience from last season, but now, you know, you can take that and add into what his experience was um, and learning from that and trying to adapt to make yourself a better professional when it comes to rest, eating. Um, A lot of players we know with NBA guys and just athletes in general are taking their health and nutrition to a next level and to a higher level and focusing on that versus just focusing on the weight room.
12: Um, yeah, uh, I talked to pops a lot about being a true professional, you know, and he tried, he, he told me just, you gotta, you gotta be locked in, you know, uh, you gotta have a routine and that's what I'm basically trying to use this season in the G league and this last two way year for me just to work on having a routine. Like I need some consistency in my life to be a better professional. I feel like that's something I'm lacking right now. And, uh. And that's why I'm here to develop, you know, not just on the court things, but develop better eating eating habits, better uh, training, better sleeping, you know, all the type of type of things to help me be a better person and a better player overall. So I think this year I'm gonna really take that to the next level. And pops has given me tips, and since he's been through it, he knows he knows how to he knows what to go through. You know, he knows the, the ups and downs of the the mental part of this whole business of the NBA and G League thing so he's going to be definitely someone who's going to mentor me to be help me be successful.
2: He also focuses a lot on preparing guys for life after they're playing because um, life after basketball sometimes it includes basketball for Pops and Coach Christian are a great example after playing they're now coaching and in front office. Mm-hmm. Um, do you look at them as now mentors you can add to your life for life after your playing career?
12: Definitely, definitely They're they're those two guys are great examples of how to have a playing career, go through your things as a player, and now you're on the other side of that ship, you know. So, so for them, I asked them how to how to how to turn it on and off and like how to transition from being a player to now, you know, Pops is GM. So uh, just things that they go through to help me stay in the game, but when I'm not playing, but still being around the game. Those two guys are great examples for that.
0: Just being in the gym here for BD Day, we've been seeing a lot of smiles, a lot of laughter, a lot of energy. How excited are you guys to just get this season going and just get back on the court?
12: Oh, really excited! You know, it's just the first season for the Go Go, so you gotta you gotta start off with a bang. You know, our first goal is to go undefeated in this arena right here. So we're gonna put that on the board and it's just excited. You know, just being in the new area, part of D.C. You know, not so not so good part of D.C., but trying to change that around and add a different culture to it, you know, and and add some like, some some swag back to, you know, D.C.
0: Just speaking of that, a lot of guys talked about how the Go-Go, their goal is to make an impact on the community, just with the success of the team, and some of the guys have said that they've already noticed a change in the community. Have you noticed a positive impact so far?
12: Well, I haven't seen anything negative, so... (laughs) (laughs) I guess so, I mean... Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what they see. I gotta go talk to them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and the proximity of this to the Wizards facility, how important is that to you and how much better is that for this year as opposed to being a little further away last year? Oh week?
12: man, it's very convenient now and it's gonna like it's gonna help my game go to the next level. Uh being traveling in Delaware and Westchester Knicks last year, it was it was difficult trying to keep up with the plays down here and keep in contact with the guys at the Wizards organization because I was so far away. So I felt like I was being distant from the team, you know, but now being in the same practice facility, same area, you know, it's going to help me run the same plays and stuff. So it's going to help me transition well from here back to the big club and back big club back here, you know, can practice more with them and just be around more, you know.
2: Awesome, Devin. We appreciate it, and uh, we wish you luck. And we're ex- we're excited to see how high you can get in this gym. Ryan Ryan said that you can jump above the gym and probably then some. So, yeah. <laughs> um I think I think they built the roof high enough for you that you should be cleared for landing. Just gotta make um, and it retractable. Take off. <laughs> we might have to get that added in yeah. for next for for later on I the season. So. Get yeah, that retractable roof just in case. Yeah,
12: for sure. Cause I'm going through it. <laughs> <laughs> not coming back down (laughs) not for sure thank you for having me
2: we appreciate it